Hey, good people. It's your girl, Vera, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of the No Good People podcast, a weekly journey into the lively conversations I have with friends, family, and strangers, and no topic is ever off limits. My guest today is Nicole Terry, my friend and soror, who by profession is in business acquisitions, but by passion, she is a world traveler and tourist and the creator and host of the Red Chuck Chronicles, a podcast offering tips, stories, and more on all things travel related. Welcome, Nikki. So glad to share space with you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So tell me about you, where you were raised, where'd you go to school, what was your major, and what was your childhood like? All right. So I um, was born and raised in Waterbury, Connecticut. I am an only child, but I grew up with you know, some close cousins who are more like siblings than, than uh, cousins. I attended the University of Connecticut. That's a very interesting story too, because I originally wanted to attend Morgan State. <laughs> and actually I was put my room deposit down and I came home from that weekend trip. I had a friend who graduated a year before me and she was at Morgan and I got accepted, went down to visit her for the weekend, put my room deposit down. I came home and my mom was really excited and I didn't really understand why. And she's like, you have a letter from UConn. And I'm like, what? And then she's like, yeah, go ahead, read it. <laughs> and I read it and it was a, <laughs> it was a scholarship. So I, I had a four year academic scholarship to University of Connecticut. And so wow. my mom said, uh, yeah, I think you're going to be going to UConn. And I cried because I was a little sad about it. But um, she was like, you, I don't, you don't have money. Do you have money? And I'm like, no. <laughs> She's like, well, I think you're going to UConn then. And so that's where I went. I attended UConn, University of Connecticut, and got my undergrad there. Um, I actually went back and got a master's from there as well. And let's see, what else did you ask me? You wanted to know a little bit about my upbringing. Um, mm-hmm. I was, like I said, raised, born and raised in Waterbury. I grew up in what they would call Long Hill. And um, for those who are from Waterbury, it's a, it's a project in, um, in Waterbury, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just, it was a community, uh, you know, like kind of like a village community environment. And I grew up there and, and had great memories. Um, where, you know, childhood friends and just people that you love and and people that my mom grew up with and Mm -hmm. that I knew and um, just one big family. So I I had a great time growing up there. That's cool. Were you both of your parents from Waterbury? No, actually, my my dad is from Richmond, Virginia. Oh, okay. Um, So I have a lot of family in Richmond and I spent summers there from the time I was five. So that's kind of where a lot of my traveling uh, kind of started was because I would go to Richmond, Virginia every summer, usually mm-hmm. during Christmas break as well, um, and spend it with my grandmother and family down there. So, and what did you major in then uh, at UConn? I was a finance major, and okay. then I went back for my master's in public administration, nonprofit, uh, and then I uh, also went to the University of Hartford and got an MBA. So I have two masters. Cool. Cool. How'd you end up in Hartford? I ended up in Hartford after UConn. So when I attended the University of Connecticut, I joined the university gospel choir. So the Voices of Freedom gospel choir. And when I joined that choir, I would attend church on Sundays. So the church that I attend now, Phillips Metropolitan uh, CME Church in Hartford, 
they would they had a band ministry that would come up to the church uh, to the campus every Sunday and pick up students to go to to bring them to church and feed mm-hmm. us. And so I developed like <laughs> yeah, that was that's important, right? They would feed very us. important, very we, important. Like church members would open up their homes, and every Sunday we would go to a different member's house and like feed us. It was like Thanksgiving every single Sunday. Literally had to go back to campus and take a nap. But um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so between that, you know, developing relationships at that church and starting to attend that church throughout my college career. And then also um, I was an inroads intern. And so I was working at UTC in the summers right after I graduated high school. So even before I started college, I started as an intern and following my you know, once I've graduated from college, I got a job um, as part of their financial leadership program. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how I ended up in Hartford. Cool. Very cool. And you also have um, a favorite pet of mine. So <laughs> you cannot get out of this chatting with me today without okay. mentioning Tanner. So I just want you to know that. Okay. <laughs> Tanner, Tanner Banners. Yes, that's my baby. I got Tanner in uh, 2011, April 2011. So she's actually been with me for 10 years. I got her from a rescue shelter. Um, I found her online and she's been my sidekick, my road dog for the last 10 years. Yep. And she's super cute. So (laughs) yes, um, when people get a chance to follow you and, um, and, you know, whether it be on Instagram or whatever case, you all have to make sure that you check out Tanner um, because she's a very cute and sweet dog. Yes, she is very lovable and she's very uh, prim and proper. She likes to cross her legs. and She sure does, which is hilarious to me. It is. And she can't be bothered with the camera. If I, She's camera shy. So if I put the camera on her, she just like turns her head to the side. She wants nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That is very yeah. funny. So, you know, tell me, what was your first trip that you ever took that made you realize you were born to be a world traveler? Well, let's see. That's a good question. I think the first trip that I ever took that kind of made an impact on me, and I talked about it in one of my episodes, was uh, when I was 10. Um, Like I was telling you earlier, from Mm -hmm. the the age of five, I would go to Richmond, Virginia every year and go stay with my grandmother. And there was one year where no one was traveling. So my mom was like, yeah, you're kind of getting out of here. She's like, I have plans. No one's going down there. Oh, you're going. So she, (laughs) she booked me a, she booked me a flight and put me on a plane. And that was my first experience um, flying on a plane. And, you know, as a 10 year old, I was just excited. I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I was with the, uh, the stewardess the entire time I had, you know, someone escorting me. And so I was safe and there was no issues. And so I was just loving all of that. So I would say that kind of opened my eyes to like, oh, you just get on this plane, this, this big thing and you, you fly and I can get to where I need to go. And it was fast. And I was there safely. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think as an adult, what really opened my eyes was when I first went out of the country and uh, my best friend at the time, she had a mutual, uh, a friend of hers who was uh, doing some uh, internship for BP and he was staying in the UK. And um, the year before she had to study abroad. So she had lived over in the UK a little bit and she was like, oh, well, he's over there. Let's, let's go visit. So we booked a week trip. I think I was a senior in, in college and we went over there and it was just like, wow, 
this is amazing to just see how people live. And Mm -hmm. this is just so much different than anything that I've ever seen before. And we, we were in the UK for seven days, but we took like a day trip to Paris. So we took the the Eurostar Mm -hmm. and we, we took it over there and um, I got to a whirlwind day running around the streets of Paris because we literally were just like going to every tourist spot kind of taking pictures and running all around the city before we had to get back on the train so I think for me yeah that was kind of the first time my eyes were open to I I, I like this and I want to do more more of this wow where have you been since that trip to the UK like how many countries have you visited so I've been over to over 40 countries Um, so I went to the UK and I think that was in, uh, 2000 and in 2004, I was an ex considered an expat for my job. And I lived in the UK about in, in Leicester. I lived about an hour and a half outside of London. Mm -hmm. And that is when I really, really caught the travel bug. Like that was because I had already been to the UK, like I said, a couple of years prior to that, but living in the UK, I was so close to so many different places. Right, right, right. And it was cheap to fly. So it's, so my mindset pretty much was if I was back home, I could fly, you know, from Connecticut to California and it might cost me three, four, five hundred $500, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the UK in Europe and I could fly to a whole nother country for less than that right now. So I'm going to try to take advantage of this and go every single place that I can possibly go. So like every weekend I was going somewhere and this was pre-Facebook. So I would like send large emails back home with like pictures. So I was always sharing my experiences with people mm-hmm. from from the very beginning, but I would like travel on the weekend, take the, take the train throughout uh, the UK. And then I went to Prague while I was over there. I I went to Italy. I went to the South of France. So I was just anywhere I could go if I can get a cheap flight and I had a long weekend or I, you know, took vacation time. I was trying to take advantage of it. And were you traveling alone or part of a tour group or how did you explore the area? So I was traveling alone. I had a car. So this was the crazy thing. And I was just talking to somebody about this on Facebook because she's living in South Africa and they drive on the other side of the road too. And she was saying how nervous she was about it and how crazy it felt. But Mm -hmm. I was 23 when I was living over in the UK. So I was young and I got there. I think I had a week of training with the person who was leaving. So it was like an exchange. I would get there and the next person would leave out and we would just replace each other. And so- I had a car, I had a two bedroom flat in, in the downtown area of that city. And I just had to kind of jump right in. And so I would drive places. Like I went to uh, Stonehenge, I went to Bath, I would drive there. Sometimes I would hop on the train mm-hmm. and, you know, or if I got a flight there, I think I only took one trip where I did it with a tour with a, like a, a planned group, but I, I still went by myself and I didn't know my roommate at the time. So I got connected with the roommate when I got there and she was from Australia. What did you learn about yourself during those times? Um, I, I definitely learned that I don't need anybody to travel. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> And I, I'm pretty sure that being an only child has something to do with that a little I'm bit. Sure I'm just yeah. more advent- adventurous and just willing to do things on my own. But I just, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I realized I didn't need anyone to 
go anywhere that I want it to go. It's mm-hmm. nice to have people on the journey, but if I want to do something, I'm going to go, I want to explore a place. Um, I think it gave me a lot more confidence in myself and my ability to like, just navigate the world. Um, and it's, it's peaceful for me when I'm traveling by myself. Cause I, I don't have to worry about anyone else and what they might want to do. You know, I just get up and go when I want to go. And if I don't, I just lay around and relax. Very true. And I know that um, sometimes that is in and of itself the most relaxing thing, right? Because you could just kind of focus all the attention on you and what your needs are and what your desires are. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's a great time for you to kind of get to know yourself a little bit better too. Yeah, you do. You learn a lot about yourself. Like, what do you do if you run into issues where you, you know, there's a language barrier or something, you just got to figure stuff out or you just randomly start walking I think when I went to the I remember when I went to France and I think I I flew into Nice then I took a bus to Cannes and I stayed there and I remember checking into the place that I was staying at and I remember the hotel um, person at the front desk and she was like you're here by yourself and I'm like yes (laughs) she's like oh wow you're brave and I never really thought about it like Mm -hmm. that but people do often say that to me like you're brave you just go to all these places by yourself and I'm like but I want to go so it's not that I don't it's not that I always want to travel by myself Mm -hmm. because again that is an experience in itself but if I express that I'm I'm going somewhere and nobody else wants to go with me it's not going to stop me from going correct it it does for some people but not for me yeah Definitely. Yeah. Now I know that in one of your episodes in your podcast, you talked about traveling with your mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, tell us where you went and, and about that experience. So we've traveled together quite a bit to be, you know, family functions. But when I was living in the UK, she came over to visit me and that was her first time, like out of the country. Okay. You know, anywhere besides maybe an island. I think she had been to the Bahamas prior to that. But other than that, she had never really taken like an international intercontinental flight. So mm-hmm. she, she came over to see me. It was uh, Easter week. The, East, the Yeah, the week of Easter. She came over for a whole week to see me. And we, you know, we, she was in, in my part of the town. And then we went to London for a couple of days. And then we flew over to Paris and, you know, did the whole Eiffel Tower thing and just had so many fun memories. You know, the, the hotels are much smaller over there. So her experience, experiencing all of that was uh, pretty cool to see. And then, you know, I would hear from her afterwards, like how her experience of seeing me, because I was, mm-hmm. again, 20, 23 at the time. And she's watching me and I'm taking her around the city. Like, you know, I was born and raised here. I'm like, yeah, let's go here. I'm just following the maps and like, oh yeah, we're going to get off here and making the plans. And she's just kind of, okay, you know, following around what we're doing. So um, that was fun. And, and, you know, we've always, we've had a lot of experiences like that. We've been to, she, I planned a trip to Egypt at the end of 2019 and she came on that trip with me and she just, we talked about that in the episode too. She, she had a great time um, on that. And that was, you know, her first time in, on the continent of Africa. So she was just soaking it all in. And, mm-hmm, and again, mm-hmm. it was another opportunity for her to see me in my element. And, you know, we flew over together. And so, you know, traveling through the airport and exposing her to the lounges. And she's like, you, this is how you travel. I'm like, mm-hmm. 
I'm like, come on, just, you know, we just hanging out. We just have a good time. So that sounds really special though, you know, particularly to be able to give that experience to your mom. Yeah, it is fun. It is because I love traveling and she Mm -hmm. does too. Um, so any, any time that I get an opportunity to, um, experience it with her it's always fun I you know I was in California and San Diego for work I flew her out um I was on an audit out there and I flew her out there and you know she kind of just hung out with me we would do stuff at night because I was working during the day that type mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm. she she hopped on a I was going to the uh to Barbados I found a good flight deal and then she's like oh I want to go. So she asked, so my dad bought her plane ticket for Christmas and we went to Barbados together. So our relationship definitely has evolved. Like, you know, teenage, mm-hmm. my mom was 19 when she had me. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty close in age and growing up, you know, teenagers, moms, yeah, there's some clash there, but as an adult, it's, it's definitely been fun hanging out with her and being able to to have experiences where I can travel with her and see the world and, and, and show her from my point of view too. Right. I love it. I love it. You had a goal to visit 40 countries by the time you were 40. Mm-hmm. So do you have a favorite place that you visited in that time frame? So it's a popular question. <laughs> <laughs> And you, and you may not, you may. Uh, yeah, okay. I, it's hard. It's hard for me to nail, you know, down because different places stick out to me for different reasons. So mm-hmm. I'll say the two that probably um, stick out the most for me are South Africa, because I always wanted to go there from the time I was 14. So I was, okay. I was part of the upper bound summer program at the University of Connecticut and we had to do like, um, I don't know, a 10 page paper for our summer project in one of my classes that I was in. And I did on the the apartheid Mm -hmm. and researching that and just finding out about that. I was like, I want to go there. Like, I want to go to this country and see and experience it. And so that was, you know, when I was 14 and it would always be on any goal chart that I would have, but I would always say, I want to go to Africa. Like I was never very specific about it, but South Africa was what sparked that interest for me saying that I want to go there and experience it. And so when I got to actually do that, I went in 2017. Um, It was amazing for me to fulfill that, that goal and that dream. And that was the first place in, on the continent of Africa that I visited. So um, that's super special for that particular reason to me. And then I would say Tokyo, which was my 40th country that I hit. Okay. Um, that was just a great trip. Like I didn't have any expectations. I just mm-hmm, randomly mm-hmm. one day said, I want to go to Tokyo. And then, I don't know, I was sitting in my kitchen one Saturday morning and one of the Facebook groups that I'm in from a travel perspective, someone posted that they were having flight deals for Tokyo. Now this was in November November for the prior, the year before. And I was like, I literally the other day just said, I want to go to Tokyo. So let me go see what this deal is. And, and I went, 2017. Nope. This was, this was the end of 2018. And I went on the trip in February of 2019. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, yeah. So the flight deal dropped in like November of 2018 and 
it was pretty reasonable. And there were a lot of people like, oh yeah, I booked this date. I booked this date. I'm going to be here for this date. And it's a, it's a black travel group. And so oh, okay. our major- majority black travel group. Okay. And I was like, okay, let me go look. And I, I, I just pulled the trigger. And so I'm like that with travel. Mm-hmm. I would like just say, I want to go somewhere something will pop in my mind and I'm like, or I'll see something. And I'm like, oh, I think I want to go see that country or I think I want to go to that place. And then if I come across a good flight deal, um, then I'll just pull, I'll just buy the flight. And I usually always do that. I'll buy the flight first and then I'll plan everything else after. And so okay. for, for Tokyo, that's what happened in November. I plan, I booked the flight and I booked it around the same time that other people um, in that group were saying that they were going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then we all ended, it was probably like, I would say over 20 people closer to 30 that ended up going on this same trip. And it was so funny because I was going by myself. I, I knew there were going to be other uh, people from this particular uh, Facebook group that were going to be there, but I didn't know any of them. There was a, there was one young lady who typically like she does a lot of different trips. And so she set up a, a chat, a WhatsApp chat for a lot of people who said they were booking were going during that that same week time frame and okay. people were corresponding in there and just saying what they were thinking they were going to do some of the activities that they were going to do while they were in Tokyo and she had also started a Facebook page for for the same thing purpose and inside that Facebook page maybe i would say literally 4 days before the trip happened there was a young lady who was like, is anybody still looking for a roommate? I'm going to be, I'm going these dates. And we had a friend in common and actually it was a soror. We had a soror friend in common. And I was like, let me click on her page. And then I'm like, well, maybe she's a soror. And I look and I was like, oh, she's a soror. So I reached out to her and I said, well, what, when are you going? And um like what time frame like when are you flying in and when are you leaving out I would Mm -hmm. be interested in potentially rooming with you because I was just gonna stay you know in this hotel over here or whatever by myself and so we connected we we started chatting via text and then we talked and we decided okay we're gonna be roommates and so I'm like all right I'm gonna she's like I have a room at the Hilton and blah 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 so I ended up rooming with her and it was amazing how I say it was divine intervention seriously because we just we clicked she uh-huh. she she was here in Connecticut she's from uh, New York but she m- was living in Texas then okay she, then she moved to Connecticut and was wor- working down at Sikorsky and at the time when she bought her ticket she bought it to be on the same flight out of New York as me out to California but she had moved back to Dallas. So she had to fly from Dallas to New York. Then she got to New York, her flight, she was on an earlier flight, her flight was delayed. And so we ended up being on the same flight and she ended up just staying with me. Oh, wow. I had booked a room and she was gonna stay with some friends. And I had just had booked a room because our our flight from LA to Tokyo was the next day. And so she, she, I was like, you could just stay with me. I was like, we're gonna be roommates in a whole nother country anyway. Just, you know, you could just stay in the room with me. Uh, for the night in LA. And so we did that and we had so much fun in Tokyo. We got lost together. We laughed. We, we were exhausted. It was so much fun. It was like the food over there is amazing, but mm-hmm. I think the experience with her and actually being her roommate, we laughed hysterically many times at each other and just at different things. Um, and it was just an overall great experience. And I ended up 
um, doing a photo shoot over there. So the cover of my uh, podcast is from my photo shoot that I did over there. Ah, I just turned okay, it. okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's a great picture. Thank you, yeah. And I found that on Airbnb experiences. It was like 60 bucks for two and a half hours of photo shooting all through Tokyo. We just hopped on the train and went to different spots and did a photo shoot. Did she do the same? No, she didn't. Mm-mm, no. Okay. No. Okay. So there was there were times where we did stuff together, but then there were times where we like did our own thing. Like one day she went to Disney, and I didn't want to go to Disney, but she did. So she did that, and I think I went to the fish market and did a tour. Okay. And have you traveled together since then? No, we haven't, but we still talk. Like oh, we're you know friends on Facebook and things like that. But I definitely would room with her again. Okay. And I, and I've had those other interactions where I've going on a trip as a solo person but you know sometimes when you do group trips if you don't want to pay for a single room which usually is a lot more Mm -hmm. I'll Mm -hmm. just have them connect me with someone and it's always been good I've never had a bad experience with it so you're very fortunate I know (laughs) (laughs) I know everybody can't say that but I mean I'm pretty chill like my personality I don't as long as as long as you're not you know crazy or nothing and you don't snore too loud i'm good okay oh yeah that's lob (laughs) talk to me about how or what has been your experience as a black woman traveling alone how are you received Mm -hmm. what has that experience been like for you um it hasn't been bad i haven't had any bad experiences where i felt unsafe like that mm-hmm. so that for me that's the biggest thing i know i'm gonna get stares i know people if you're in a remote place like i had to travel to poland a couple of times for work in Zsa, poland and the most people that they might see in terms of a black body would be maybe an african male Mm-hmm. but not like a black African-American woman in this particular part of Poland per se. I think uh, Krakow, Poland is much more diverse because people okay. go here for like the university and things like that. But, right, right, right. Um, Zhezhov is a small town. And so I would get stares when I'm walking through the uh, the, the the town area, downtown <laughs> area, or one day, one day I was in the mall and these older, you know, ladies, Polish women were like, just like heads turning all the way around and I'm just like okay hi hello Mm -hmm. um Asian um typically sometimes Asian tourists they want to take pictures of you yes they do yeah I'm not a huge fan of that like I because I'm not I feel like I'm not a you know animal in a circus kind of box view museum kind of thing I get the curiosity, but it's, it's all about your approach too. And like mm-hmm. how you do mm-hmm. it, if you're respectable about it. And, and, and I may say yes. And I may say no, like sometimes I just, I don't want to be on your camera, but right. if you're, if you're okay, if you're nice, then you just want to, Oh, I just want to take a picture. Like, you know, okay. But I, I remember I was in Russia with a colleague and this lady came up to me and she wanted her and her family like they wanted to take pictures with me and I was like and my coworker could not understand she was like I don't she was like what's going on so I had to tell her after the fact and I took the picture with the young lady and then I took a picture with my camera and I said well okay I might be on your Facebook but you're gonna be on mine too so right 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 um yeah yeah. I had that experience in um in China also um, it was me. And then there was this really, really, really tall white guy. 
who's from Alabama, but he was, you know, bleach blonde. And, um, and I think that they just had not seen anybody that looked like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, you know, and so I said, yes, but, um, and that was in 2010, I think that was in 2010, but I didn't do it. That was the only one time. And I didn't want to do it after that, because like mm-hmm. you said, I don't want to be on display, you know, I don't know how you're going to be using the picture. I mean, although right. they were all in the picture anyway with me, but it just felt odd. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is odd. And I, I think for me, what, what I don't like about it is when they do it without your permission, like you're not even going to ask me, you're just going to film oh, me yeah. or record and, me and no, absolutely or not. you're, you know, or you're pointing. Cause I don't know what you're saying, but you're like pointing at me and saying something like, I think that's rude and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But if it's not like that, you know, th- those are some of the things that I've experienced. But other than that, I haven't really had, um, I think I've been fortunate to not have any issues. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that a lot of people do, but oh yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, I've been in places where I haven't known the language or things have happened where I'm like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be going right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll say I say angels in disguises, they just come and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your help. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Oh, you oh you can translate this for me. Awesome. Thank you. You brought up an interesting point that you may not be able to um you know decipher or translate, but you're still able to maneuver your way or navigate your way through the circumstances, right? And I mm-hmm. think that speaks to you being adventurous and willing to take a chance, right? right. Um, and these are things that you learn about yourself, obviously, being yeah. um, being a soul traveler, um, because, you know, and I think that's why I was asking some of these specific questions, because for those that are listening and may not be comfortable or maybe fearful of doing it, then this is a great example to learn, like, how do you kind of navigate through these types of situations? Mm-hmm. And so hopefully they're inspired by what you're doing. Yeah. You, I mean, you just have to trust yourself, right? Like I often say to people like you, you, we do a lot of things every day by ourselves, mm-hmm. like in your own home and anything can happen when you walk outside of your door. It's true. I mean, anything can happen in your house, inside, too, but yep, exactly, yeah. <laughs> anything can happen when you leave your home. Like you're never, I think people get this false sense of security because I'm familiar with my surroundings. And yeah, there is some, some safety in that and in, in terms of maybe how you maneuver and what you know, but any type of new environment that you go into, you're typically going to be mindful of those surroundings and be uh, cautious. And so I think if you just take those precautions in anything or any place that you travel and be wise about it, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And again, that that's not a hundred percent fail safe like plan, but you know, the safety or any fear that I've ever had in traveling typically has been around driving in vehicles with other people like because then my life is really in your hands when I'm in the car with you and if you're over here driving reckless or it appears to be reckless to me because I'm telling you when I was in India I I had to go to India for work and it was like three o'clock three or four o'clock in the morning when I landed there in Bangalore and I don't know who the driver was blowing or beeping the horn at because there really weren't a lot of cars on the road, but it was like crazy. And like multiple, I'm like, are there lanes here? Like literally are there lanes driven like, you know, on the road because they would just be like side by side next to each other. Russia was like that too. Where they just, it's like, you just get in where you fit in, in terms of driving. It's just 
little insane and chaotic. But other than that, I haven't really had any issues where I felt as a Black woman traveling by myself that I didn't want to come back here. I didn't feel safe or, or okay. welcome. Okay. Or that you had to end a trip early. No. Yep. Never had to have that experience. Well, that's good. That's good to know. Um, you also mentioned that it that travel helped you get through some of your hardest and darkest moments. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be comfortable sharing about some of that? Sure. Um, so in, I would say, let's see, I, I lived abroad, like I said, for, in 20, 2004. There was a kind of a gap in terms of me traveling out of the country once I came back. Um, but in 2012 I got a new job and I was doing a lot of international travel and then in 2014 I got another new role and I was doing more domestic travel so not as much um, international travel Mm -hmm. but I started having a lot of loss in terms of death in my family so it was Mm -hmm. like a lot of I was dealing with a lot of grief Mm -hmm. and I just decided that kind of life was too short life was short like you hear people say that but I just felt like I was experiencing it experiencing it left and right where people that were very close to me were leaving and mm. either either via death or just the, the relationship was being severed and so I started to pick back up travel in 2016 after my aunt passed away that was kind of like a breaking point for me when my aunt passed away at the end of 2015 and um, in 20, you know, I went through a, a, a pretty long bout of depression in 2016. And mm. I think in October of 2016, I was just like, you know what? Or actually a little bit before that, I was like, I'm just gonna, I just need to get away. I just need a break. And so I booked a trip to Aruba in September of 2016. And then I also had a, a trip booked already, a group trip to go to Aruba, uh, to Dubai in October of the same year. And it was, it was just kind of, Aruba was just me in Aruba, just hanging out on the beach, just doing pretty much nothing most of the days. But it was relaxing. It was peaceful. It just kind of helped me to, to get my mind off of things. And then mm-hmm. I think when I took the trip in October, the group trip, it kind of reignited that passion and love for travel. Okay. Um, and from there, I just kind of went berserk, I would say, <laughs> in terms of traveling and how it just gave me a release, like a, a, a opportunity to get away from, but not fully escape, right? Cause you always have to come home and life is gonna right. be what it is. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was also in there, like in real therapy too, but this travel became a, another form of therapy for me. So I, I just went on this, like travel is my therapy kind of tangent. And okay, okay. Where it, where it helped me to to just experience myself, deal with my own emotions out from my normal environment, um, you know, being by water, watching sunsets. I love sunsets. So mm-hmm. just connecting back with earth and myself, I guess, um, and nature and one and God. For me, that's what travel became to kind of help me heal through that process. So how did you fall into doing this podcast, which is really good, by the way, but how'd you fall into doing the podcast? Oh, thank you. So I, on my trip to South Africa, I was driving to 
we were going to an elephant sanctuary. We were in Johannesburg and that morning, it was a Sunday morning and I remember it so clear. I was like, oh, the Rachel Chronicles. I was like, oh, I think I should do a blog. And so it kind of started out as that. Then mm-hmm. 20, 2018, I started a blog. And I, I mean, I like writing, but I was like, eh. it kind of fell <laughs> off because it, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a like, lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, um, so, so I, so I, you know, started with the name and I, you know, incorporated it and did all of that with it and had the blog going. And, and then during the pandemic, I was like, I think I want to start a podcast. Like, I think I want to turn, like, I still want to share because I do Mm -hmm. love, I love sharing my experiences because I know not everybody is going to travel as much as I encourage it to my friends and family and people always asking questions about it. Everybody's not for whatever reason, it could be financial Mm -hmm. or it could Mm -hmm. just be personal. Like they're not going to do it. So I, I love to share my experiences with people, just the everyday person. And so I was like, maybe I should try to look into what what it would be like for a podcast and then mm-hmm. I think Clubhouse came out and I was on there and started joining some rooms that were talking about podcasts and I'm like I think I could do this and that's that's really where it came from it was kind of like I think I could do this and I think I could be consistent with it and so I was like I'm gonna I, I just put it out in the atmosphere like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna start a podcast mm-hmm. and I started telling people so you know how that is right. once, you, once you tell people you're gonna do something it's like <laughs> I mean, you could not, but I'm not that person. If I say I'm going to do something and I'm not, now I've done, I've said it to you and, and people start asking me about it, then I feel obligated to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of where it came from. And um, I started back in March. I, I originally planned to start in February, but then I started in March and I'm 14 episodes in. And 14 good episodes. Thank you. So that's why I was so happy when you said that you would um, join me in my process because you know, I like to share good stories and um, I think everyday people do incredible things and they just don't have an opportunity. They don't have a platform um, to share it. And so I wanted to make sure that that happened, but I also like having the best seat in the house. So it gives me an opportunity to kind of check in and, and follow up with people, um, but also learn from them and share their journeys. So you know, do you, I need you to make sure that you tell people how they can find and follow your podcast, Nikki. Okay. So you can follow and find me at, um, the Red Chuck Chronicles on any of the podcast platforms. So I'm on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Amazon music. You can also find me on Pandora. So, um, yeah. And if you're interested in following me on social media, I'm on Facebook at the Red Chuck Chronicles and also on Instagram and TikTok, although my TikTok doesn't have a lot of videos, but definitely follow me on, <laughs> follow me on <laughs> IG, IG, my IG page is, is more lit. So, so I got to have you back another time to talk about your pictures as okay. well. So that's going to be important um, because you do have a, quite a few and it's, you know, it's, it almost feels like you're actually right there. The person that's watching it or viewing it seems like they're right there in the middle of it. So that's really neat. Thank you. Yeah. So that's a great passion to have. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Any final thoughts you'd like to share? Um, I mean, I hope you, you found something or found a little bit of piece of yourself in, in my story today that I was able to share. Thank you so much Vera, for having me. Um, I love talking about travel. I light up when I talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a pretty, 
normally shy person, but when I'm, when you get me going about travel, I can pretty much talk about it all day. Um, so hopefully again, something I said resonated with you. And if you haven't gotten the, the itch to travel, maybe you will, you know, now that things are starting to clear up in this whole COVID environment, um, mm-hmm. don't, don't be afraid, get out there. And, um, even if it's somewhere just away from your normal environment, it doesn't have to be far. And, I think every person should experience one trip by themselves because you will learn a lot about yourself in doing so. So thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And again, like I said before, I look forward to having you back for an update on your next adventure. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the No Good People podcast. Want to share your story? Cool. Hit me up at nogoodpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Vera Smith-Winfrey. And remember, it's always good to know good people. The No Good People podcast is co-produced by Diana Guzman Productions and So Very Vera Productions. The No Good People podcast can be streamed through Apple, Spotify, and other selected streaming services.